So this is week three of losing my religion, and um, so far through this series, we are talking about how we engage culture. And uh, Carrie, can you find my three children in about five minutes? They're around somewhere. No, no, let them loose. They're good. Um, about how we can engage culture, how we're consuming culture. And there are parts of our religion that are being, uh, you know, kind of attacked. But there's also parts of our religion that we do need to, to lose. And today we are going to look at what we need to hold on to. So I'm going to use the Old Testament and the New Testament to, to highlight this. So picture this. Um, you're a second-generation leader. You've journeyed with your mentor uh, through impossible situations. Uh, he dies and he passes on his legacy, and now you have the mantle of, of leadership. Normally, that transition is a little rough. Um, it, sometimes businesses will fail, sometimes churches will fail, you know, when the founding pastor leaves and things like that. And usually, when the business goes to the grandkids, the whole thing falls apart. Um, and that's how, you know, if you watch kind of corporate structures, that's how that works. But in Scripture, there is a moment where this is occurring and things are a little tenuous at best. And... This story goes on that the second generation leader, he leads them to this promised land. There's conquest, there's victories, a hopeful future, but his health is beginning to falter and he knows it's going to be time. And so what he's going to do is he's going to gather everybody together and kind of give them this charge. And like I said last week, one of the easiest ways and best ways to study scripture is to look at first words and final words. First words are when you're setting up kind of your foundation, like here's what I'm going to say. And final words, especially when we have them coming from a leader like this, are critical. This is basically, just remember this one thing. I'm, I'm passing away. I really want to get this point across. Please remember this. And that's what we're going to have here with Joshua. Now Joshua is, uh, gathers his elders together in Joshua 23, and it says this. After a long time had passed and the Lord had given Israel rest from all their enemies around them, Joshua, by then a very old man, summoned all of Israel, their elders, their leaders, their judges and officials, and said to them, I am very old. You yourselves have seen everything the Lord your God has done to all these nations for your sake. It was the Lord your God who fought for you. Remember how I have allotted as an inheritance for your tribes all the lands of the nations that remain, the nations that I conquered. The Lord your God himself will push them out for your sake. He will drive them out before you, and you will take possession of their land as the Lord your God has promised you. I'm going to highlight kind of verse 6 here. Be very strong. Be careful to obey all that is written in the book of the law of Moses without turning aside to the left or to the right. Do not associate with these nations that remain among you. You don't invoke the names of their gods or swear by them. You must not serve them or bow down to them, but you are to hold fast to the Lord your God as you have until now. Let's just stop there. So his final message is you are surrounded by a culture and a society that does not agree with you that does not believe the same things that you believe, that does not understand your customs, your, your faith, but you're going to need to hold strong to the book of Moses. You're going to need to hold strong to the, the law and what you have been taught. Hold tightly to it. So culture that 
is willingly always trying to consume us by trying to distract us. And you might wonder why I have these dead flowers up here. We didn't just forget them. Um, For the past few weeks, I've had these flowers that, well, not these, actually, what's kind of funny. Um, I had other flowers, but mercifully, somebody took pity upon them and threw them away um, because they looked awful. They're kind of smelling funny. And so we had backup flowers uh, just in case uh, that, that might occur. And so these have been dying at the same rate. They're holding it together a little bit better. And what these are, are these cut flowers represent when you take flowers and you cut them. At the very beginning, they look great. Um, but they are cut off from their source of life. They are cut off from the nutrients that have kept them alive. And we can be cut flower Christians as well when we cut ourselves off from the, the, what gives us life. Eventually, that's going to start showing up in places. You might look good for a little bit. You might be able to you know, keep, it, keep up appearances, but eventually, you're going to start looking like this. No matter how much new water I put in this thing, it's going to die. So... I was trying to think through how to visually represent holding fast, like, like Joshua is saying to his elders here. And so I was watching the, our kids, uh, when our kids' ministry on Sundays, they go from one room to another. Uh, they don't want to lose any kids. We're pretty big on not losing your children. And uh, so that's a kind of a critical element of our ministry here. Uh, so we're, we're down a staff person today, so we didn't have Kids Ridge this morning, so we wanted to keep them in here. So I wanted to use the kids as a, as a prop. So I have my three children. You guys want to come on up? And then I need, like, three more kids. Okay. No, I see all our kids going, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. You want to come on? Okay, come on up, buddy. Okay. Oh, dude, we got a superhero coming up here. This is awesome. Okay. So when we move, yeah, we'll just take all the kids. All right. Well, look at this. Okay, now, now it's getting fun. Okay. So when we move the kids from room to room, we give them one of these, and they have to hold on so we don't lose them. We don't like you know, zip tie it to them, but, but they have to hold on. So let's start down here. Izzy, why don't you be down here? You got this one? Come over here. We're going to have to spread this thing out. Okay, that's good. Okay, you, you hold the two reds. You hold a red. Blakey, you got the other. You got two yellows. Here, share a, ye- share a yellow. Here you go. Okay, Superman, or Iron Man, sorry. Okay, got that. Gideon, you want to take this one? And when you, need a, you can take the purple. Okay, you take this. Take this. Oh, that actually worked. There you go. You want to take the black? Okay. So, now I'm going to make it more fun. I was trying to think through what are some of the core tenets of our faith that if we lose pieces, they start to weaken um, what is... It starts to really kind of knock away at our Christianity. We start to lose our religion. And so, we have... A couple. This isn't like everything. Okay, there are there are other things. We hear Blakey. We have adoration. Um, adoration is effectively worshiping God. But I don't want to write down worship because we worship a lot of things. There are a lot of things that we have altars set up to in our in our house and in our hearts. But adoration is when you are in full adoration of God during during worship. We have sacrifice. You want to hold that? Somebody, there we go. Uh, sacrifice, you know, giving, serving, um, helping to kind of build the church. And Gideon, you want this one? Okay. Fellowship. 
Fellowship is gathering us together as a community of, you know, in, in, in faith. And then we have prayer. And then we have evangelism. Evangelism is sharing the message of God. And then finally we have uh, the authority of Scripture. And so, as an example, um, maybe you aren't that great or not that comfortable at sharing your faith. So evangelism is not your thing. You're like, dude, that makes me really uncomfortable. I'm just going to not do that at all because that's just not what I am supposed to do. Even though the Bible says to share the faith, I'm going to not do that. So you can, you can drop the evangelism sign. And good, we've already, just drop it. You're good. Okay. And we've already, you can let go of the rope. Prayer, I don't really have time for anymore. Um, maybe like I'll pray, God, thank you for this food, amen, right? Or right when a crisis is happening, I only pray then, and when I do, it's not really a, something that's built into my ongoing life. And so I'm just not going to really spend a lot of time on that. So you can drop prayer and you can drop the rope, okay? Nope, good, not yet. What was yours? Who's yours, fellowship? Oh, fellowship's a good one. This is, my faith is just me and Jesus. I don't need to be around other people. I can just do church online. Um, that's my primary thing. My faith is personal, just me and Jesus. I don't really do it, but I don't really need other people. Even though the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling, uh, to getting together, because fellowship makes you stronger. So Gideon, you can drop fellowship and the rope. Sacrifice. I don't give. I don't serve. Uh, there's been a lot of like bad examples of the church uh, kind of mismanaging things. That's just not me. I'm just going to go. Um, they don't really need me to help with anything. I'm just going to consume that. It's sacrifice. You can drop. You can drop sacrifice and the and the rope. You can drop the rope too. Oh, we're tied in here. You can drop the rope. And Blakey, what do you have? Adoration. When I worship, I don't necessarily, I'm just worshiping, I'm obligated, it's a part of the service I kind of have to get through. Um, this is, I don't necessarily, when I go and pray, I don't really adore God and all that. Um, it's just not a part of who I am as a Christian, so I'm going to take that piece away, okay? Now, this is a pretty weak faith at this point, but this one is what we're talking about today, the authority of Scripture. The authority of Scripture is what all of these others hang off of. Because we know about evangelism, and we know to share the faith, because we trust that this is the Word of God, and this is what we ought to do. We know about prayer, because we read about it in Scripture, and Jesus says, this then is how you ought to pray. We know about sacrifice and serving, because Jesus says, you know, take care of the orphans and the widows. This is how we know all of this. And if we drop the authority of scripture and Izzy you can drop your side you can drop yours our faith is broken so what is the one thing that is the most attacked part of our faith in today's society there's not a lot, a lot of there's not a big anti-prayer movement that's just you and God you don't you know you don't need kids let's give the kids a round of applause good job guys you can go back to your seats good job buddy If we can attack, if, if culture can get us to let go of the authority of Scripture, then why are we here? If the Bible is not the very Word of God, 
you should have slept in. I mean, in reality, if the Bible is not, you know, what, where we find our faith, faith, our faith isn't in the Bible, but our faith is strengthened from the Bible. And so one of the best ways for the enemy to attack us as a culture, but also us as a people of faith, is by getting us to question the authority of Scripture. Like, is that really the Word of God? And it's not also from without, it's also from within. One of the most dangerous people on the planet is a pastor with an agenda. Because intellectually, I can get this to say what I want it to say. And my reading and what I have to fight against so much is I don't want, there's parts of the Bible that I make me a little bit uncomfortable but I don't want it to be my version of scripture that I am teaching you. I want to teach you the word of God. Not an agenda. Not a stance. Not something that we, we really need to kind of you know, get across. I want to make sure everybody up here agrees with me. That's not why I'm here. I want everybody to get into the word of God together. And corporately, we get closer to Jesus Christ. So one of the ways that you can make your authority of scripture pillar stronger is by diving into the word of God individually but also corporately. Because what happened? 600 years ago, 500 years ago, whatever, in, in between those two, there's a giant riot in the church. That's called the Protestant Reformation. And this Reformation was built off of the fact that all of a sudden, the congregation, the people in the church, were handed Scripture in their own language that they could read. And when they got this, all of a sudden they went, hey, those things that you've been teaching, where are they? I don't see a lot of... Well, they were reforming over, like, infant baptism. There's not great examples of that. There's a theology behind it and a doctrine, but where is that in here? Or, or why, why does the priest only get the, the juice or the wine and only the congregation gets the, buy, why, the bread? Why, why, where's that? Because up until then, Scripture was locked away in a, in a back room, and then all of a sudden we could bring it out and say, this is what the Bible says. Trust me. And all of a sudden we go... No. Because that's when I read it and when I dive into it, I don't see that there at all. And so actually one of the best ways to have a strong authority of Scripture is to get everybody together in the room and say, what do you think about this? And what is your opinion? Or how did you get there? And the only way that we can do that is if we're actually reading and studying and being excited about the very Word of God that we have available to us. But if we don't think it is the Word of God, then what are we doing? then this is just a motivational talk at a community club. It's to inspire you and to encourage you to live your best life. But it's not the transforming word of God then. The transforming word of God happens when we get in here and we wrestle with tough texts and, and we, we decipher and say, how did, it, how did we get there? Or what is the original language of that? And we can kind of just dive in and, and our faith gets stronger and stronger because remember Joshua was saying, you're going to have to hold fast. 
Because the world will attack at every front it possibly can. And if it can get your opinion of Scripture, then it will take all of you. Even in the New Testament, Paul is saying to Timothy in, in first Timoth- uh, 2 Timothy 1, he says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying laying on of my hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather, join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time, but it has now been revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald, an apostle, and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am, yet this is no cause for shame. Because I know whom I have believed and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching with faith and love in Jesus Christ. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Go back to verse 13 for me and just leave it there. Keep this pattern of sound teaching. How in the world do we know what sound teaching is? How do we even begin to determine, like, I don't think that's what Jesus says. It's by us and you and the congregation and people of faith being in the word of God. And if I'm up here spouting all kinds of nonsense, you can say, Tom, where is that in Scripture? Because I know scripture well enough to think it might not be in there. But if I'm just up here saying my opinion or my, my belief system or my cause or my stance and you don't know whether or not it's true or not, then I can get away with all kinds of stuff. So the best way for us to make sure that we have sound teaching in the church is by having sound biblical doctrine in the pews. And the only way that we can get there is by individually studying the Word of God, but also corporately studying the Word of God. Individually, Jesus agrees with me all the time. Have you noticed that? Um, he, he stands up for what you stand up for, and he's loving the stuff that you love. And individually, me and him, same page. Corporately, when I hear somebody else's thought, I go, oh, shoot, that's right. I might have to change my thinking a little bit. We get stronger. We get stronger, not by siloing ourselves off in kind of nice little, you know, corners where we say, you got your version, I have my version. You have your truth, I have my truth. No, this is us. And it's messy. It's muddy. There's good conversation. There's disagreement sometimes, and that's totally okay. God can handle that. It's a remarkable thing, this text that we have, that we need to hold tightly and not let go of the rope. Because there's parts of our faith that we like to pick and choose what we're going to do and what we're going to not do. But authority of Scripture, that 
What does the word of God say about this? I can read my own wants and desires into scripture. I can major on what I'm really passionate about. That's a dangerous place to be because I'm reading myself and my opinion and my bias in to scripture because I think God really needs my opinion on this. If God would have just consulted me on so many of these issues, we would be, things would be a lot better, right? Hopefully not. I want to take the word of God in its context, study it, bring it out, and apply it to me. Not me applying myself in to the Bible. And there's an awful lot of that going around right now. Because there's parts of scripture that are uncomfortable, that are difficult, that we just like to skip entirely. But they're the word of God. Well, yeah, but that part is not the word of God. Well, if that part isn't, then who gets to determine what parts of what? Then we're relying on me, and we're back in the year 1400 again, dispensing truth to you that's just my truth. So how do we do this? Take your faith seriously and don't let go of the rope. Study scripture individually and corporately. And man, if this isn't the most convenient sermon ever, we have immediately applicable sermon with a whole bunch of stuff in the lobby for you to sign up for. Not because we're trying to keep you busy. It's we're trying to build up your faith. We're trying to build up your strength because there is a world that's trying to consume you. If Joshua is warning about it, if Paul is warning about it, if Luther and Calvin were all warning about it, I think it's still happening. It might actually be increasing. This year, and I did stats and we're going to talk more about that next week, but this year in 2022 is the first year ever that America, that's the USA, is under 50% Christian. Now, how they determine when you get called in the survey, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I don't think there's a follow-up like, actively? Or how often do you go? So... Without determining that, it's kind of a weird stat. But now, as a minority in this country of people of faith, it's just going to continue to escalate. So we need to be strong. We need to hold tightly to the very word of God, not my version of it. The version that we read and study and incorporate into our daily life and our Bible studies and our, and our families and our friends because you have to be strong or you will fall apart. It's one thing I wish we could teach to our kids more than anything. It's hold on. Hold on to the word of God with all that you have. Because if you let it go, the world's not going to pick it back up for you. Would you pray with me this morning? Lord, we might have fallen short in a couple different places. There may be parts of our prayer life that aren't strong. We haven't talked about you to anybody in 
years. Maybe we don't love being in fellowship with one another or serving or sacrificing, but God, may our opinion of your word being the very word of God, the transforming word of God that changes us. That's what makes us the church and not just a community center with motivational talks. May we take your word seriously because it changes us and we get to know you from it. We pray all of this in the powerful and holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen.